Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. This is, of course, the hit, the mega hit hit in the chat room, uh, Dr. Homebrew. 11 out of 11 people listening live really enjoy what's happening. Staff inside not included, apparently. <laughs> Except for Lee. Lee really likes it. Um, I think Brian's comb toast. Uh, how y'all doing, everybody? This is uh, your host, Jason J.P. Petrus, and of course, this is Dr. Homebrew, the show that breaks your beer down. And uh, once again, I'll go over the show, the point of the show, uh, since this is a brand new, uh, brand new offering for you. Uh, the purpose of Dr. Homebrew is to give you honest and interactive feedback. Um, interactive being the key word here. We, you know, you send your homebrew in. Not only do we drink it and consume it and get drunk off of it. No, we, we thoroughly judge it. We have two, right now in the studio, we have two master BJCP judges. And um, you send your homebrew in, we talk about it on the air, and then we have you on the air to talk about it as well. So if you have any questions about what we've said or you have any uh, comments about what we said or thoughts of your own, like, yeah, I really feel I'm getting this flavor. Is that just me? Do I need to recalibrate my, uh, you know, my palate, all that kind of nonsense? Um, that's what we're here for. And it's it's kind of an experience unlike anything other. So um, that is Dr. Homebrew. Can you tell I'm nervous because I haven't breathed? In like the whole intro for this stupid show that I'm doing right now. <sighs> Let me turn everybody. Take a deep breath. Breathe. There we go. Uh, it's just it's so much easier just to be the jerk on the air who like makes jokes and leans back. You know, it's a lot harder to do this. Tell you that right now. <laughs> anyway, in us, uh, in us, in inside of us right now, we have multiple personalities and multiple um, beers. Yeah, but on the outside. Uh, we, uh, as I mentioned, we have two master judges. We have one Brian Cooper and one Lee Shepard. How you guys doing? Hi. Good. <clears throat> and um, I just totally, I mind farted. <laughs> I was trying to I do was, way too much. Way, okay. You were trying to introduce us, I think. I was trying to, but where I got stuck was, uh, should I say that we just did a show and you guys are a holdover from the other show? Does it matter? And it probably doesn't even matter. Mm. I should have just said it and uh, and then... And then it's move a brand new day, on. as far as but I'm concerned. Did, so now we're at the leftover check. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. This is called uh, professional radio, Lee. I don't know if you knew that. Nah, or not. I know. That's how it works. <laughs> it looks like professional radio. Yeah. It smells like it, too, but it, trust me, it's, it's not. At least not when I'm here. <laughs> um, so, Brian, you are a master level judge. Master oh. level, yes. How long did that take you to get? You know, I, I started my quest with a, we did a study group uh, with the Mad Scientists back in 08, and I, I took the exam three times. I, I took it, the whole thing once, and just, it, it's a crazy experience. The, the old format exam, it, it, it's an experiment in uh, uh, pencil breaking and, and uh, <laughs> uh, cramming, you know, pushing out. It wasn't for running out of thoughts. It was just pacing yourself and and trying to stay calm and answer all the questions which i did not quite do but yeah i I didn't miss any questions but i didn't give the depth that i would have liked to and you have to do the tasting and the 
But anyway, so now yeah. that's the long format, the, the long, essay the, format, right? Yeah, the legacy yeah. exam is is you know n- you know nine essay questions and some true and false or whatever at the top. But yeah, it's just insane. I think the new format is gonna kind of work nicely. It's more focused on the tasting, and you have to take an entrance exam for, to get into BGSP now, and um, then pass a six beer tasting exam. So, uh, but you know, there's still a path to becoming uh, national or master, but. You know, just passing the online tests and, and doing the six beer tasting exam will get you to uh, up to certified in the BJCP. But uh, yeah, so it's been a journey. Uh, it took me how long did it take me um, from '08 until 2011? So about three years the journey. And yeah, that's pretty good. Did you have to leave the um, the the family behind and go live in some shack in the mountains to just focus your chi on hold up with Trappist monks and uh, yeah, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I do. Um, no, I, I I led a normal life. I just yeah. uh, read as many books as I could and studied on every lunch break that I could and just brought all my BJCP studying materials with me to Subway or wherever I was having lunch and just break out the binder or the book that I had on deck that day and just kept going through it until I retook the written, wrote a lot more, had more time, and retook the tasting and, and got to the level I wanted to be at. And Lee's a buddy of yours, right? He is. I've known Lee for quite a while since uh, 2003-ish when I started brewing and I entered a competition that he has run several times called the Bay Area Mashers World Cup of Beer and uh, with one of my I think it was my fourth beer I won a second place in the American Amber Ale category in that back in 2003 which was pretty amazing to me at the time I have a big a picture of myself with a big grin on my face and but that's where I met Lee was that year at, at, uh, at uh, World Cup I think I even won something in that thing once I think you did actually yeah Second place for Belgian Dark Strong, I believe. Yeah. And my friend uh, tasted it. The first time he tasted it, he spit it out. Hmm. He goes, it's too sweet. It's too, I can't even swallow it. And whatever. And then I took that ribbon and I shoved it in his face. I, I guess the judges there disagreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. How long have you been judging, Lee? I, about 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did not get quite as concentrated a dose of studying as Brian took on this, but I took the exam probably 15 years ago, and I did it once a few years after that, and then I did it twice more recently to do the written and then the tasting and then the written part to get get up to the master rank. I had more than enough points. So, um, yeah, I've just been at it for a long time, but not very intensely. Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> test, man. It, it's hard, and that's why I just stay whatever rank I am, recognized oh, yeah. or certified it's or whatever. Three hours of high-velocity chicken scratch in 30-degree warehouse in the middle of winter. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it was yeah, you know. 27 pages worth. I'm a rectified-level oh. judge. Ugh, whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, today on the show, we have two beers, uh, as usual. we uh, One is a... Uh, what am I looking at here? I'm looking at the wrong mouse. i got, like, eight computers in front of me. Uh, we're going to be talking to Andrew, and Andrew has a Belgian pale, I believe is what we're tasting from him, right? Belgian pale ale, yeah. Uh, and then we have another in-studio guest, uh, Rylan, and he has a wheat wine? Yes. Uh, see, I don't think I've ever had a wheat wine, so that'll be real interesting. So uh, hang out. Um, we'll be back right after this. It's Dr. Homebrew. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. 
For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew Homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Dr. Homebrew. With us on the line should be our first guest. His name is Andrew. Andrew, you there? Apparently, uh, Andrew is being father of the year right now and taking care of his family. Andrew! Hey. Gotcha, buddy. How you doing? It's not my kids. I didn't do it. Someone (laughs) in the lobby. I'm at Disneyland. Oh, you're at Disneyland. Oh, Going man. Disneyland. Well, now we're not going to talk about your beer. We're just talking about Disneyland because I love Disneyland, personally. Is there good beer at Disneyland? There is, actually. There is. There's a Racer 5. Sometimes mm. there's Torpedo. I haven't been in so many years. And um, they have uh, the brewery. Mm-hmm. They have a brewery, the brewery saison in there. And um, a lot of good mixed drinks in down. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked now. How you doing, Andrew? Thanks for uh, you know stopping your family vacation for us. Oh, no problem. So, uh, all right, guys, what do we have from uh, from Andrew? We have a Belgian pale, correct? Belgian yep. pale. All right. And, uh, Andrew, how long have you been homebrewing, man? About three years. Three years. And you are, are you uh, primarily uh, extract or all grain? All grain. All Did, grain. Uh, one extract batch and all grain ever since. Ah, I don't even boy. know how to brew with extract. Someone was out. <laughs> I feel you on that one. I had to help my friend, and uh, he's like, I'm going to do extract. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. So uh, this Belgian pale you have, how old is it? Um, let me give you an exact date. It's probably like that's three fine. weeks. Three weeks? Okay, that's pretty young, man. That's pretty good. Three or four weeks. Let me look here. That's fine. Three or four weeks is good. Just a general time. It was a random question that popped up. Probably about four. It's October 27th. I brewed it. Hmm. Nice. 
I like this guy already. He's very precise. Knows exactly what's going on. Unlike yeah. me. Uh, well, let's jump into the beer. Uh, uh, Jeff is still here from the last show. Jeff, why don't you? Uh, what? Yeah, I know. I know Andrew very well, so oh, I okay. ripped his beer a new, uh, a new. Well, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> it's hard judging your friend's beer in front of him live here. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's not yeah, in. Kidding. He's not in the studio, yeah. so, so he's he's easier. Now yeah. we can just rip him apart. Like huh. Five miles away, so you guys yeah. can. Exactly. Just take a rip if you want. <laughs> take him a few days to come strangle us now. Right. I know where Jeff lives, though, so. <laughs> no, he's moving, Same I with, heard. So. Same with Cooper. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, you know, I guess we'll start with the aroma. So, you know, I'm getting, uh, you know, I get some of the dry orange, maybe a little bit of light pear. There's some fruitiness to the beer um, That's that comes across as pretty pleasant. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the things that kind of stand out as far as what's... Uh, as far as the aroma goes. Yeah. Lee, what do you think about that? Yeah, get some toastiness to it, some of the orange, maybe a little cherry. See, maybe kind of a bruised peach kind of estery character, oh, yeah. too. Um, and I maybe get a little bit of acetaldehyde in here, sort of green apple character. Kind of light, but I know you're getting that, Brian. I'm getting, uh, for the malt, I'm getting, or the, the esters in it, I'm getting kind of a medium-like apricot-like ester, which, you know, apricot and peach are basically, if you smell one and the other, they smell exactly the same, pretty much. Um, yeah, and a light orange kind of pear thing. Uh, not extremely fruity, but enough to, enough to, to beat a style. It's, it's, uh, um, and the, um, you know, very low hops, lightly spicy, and the, the spiciness is, is kind of smooth in the, the hops. There's not a lot of, um, um, spicy phenols in here that are you know kind of vague pepperiness kind of in the background um like in this the malt sweetness i'm getting kind of a um a, a corn-like kind of aroma in the in the malt yeah i get that there's a little bit of a little bit of corn character a little dms which isn't unpleasant it just mm. it smells sweet and like maybe yeah like a sometimes young beers to me will have that and then like you'll taste them a couple weeks later and that'll kind of age out a little bit but um, or, or it could just be from something in the mall, but yeah, um, yeah, pleasant, pleasant aroma for the most part. The I didn't, I'm not getting a, a big acid aldehyde at all, or if, if it's in there, it's way in the background for me. But um, yeah, not big, just maybe yeah. a whisper. It, of it. it might be dissipating too. Or now, Andrew, what uh, what do you want to get out of out of us uh, checking your beer out here? Are you looking to uh, to improve the recipe, or are you getting low scores, or what's going on? Uh, well, this first first shot at Belgian Pale Ale. Done a lot of uh, beers and never made a Belgian Pale. Can't really get a whole lot. I mean, there's a couple out Trappist occasionally, but um, it's not a style I really know. So I'm going to Brussels in like April, so I figured I better brew something. So oh man. You going everywhere? Look at you, Disneyland, Brussels. Yeah. The moon's probably next for you. I don't know. Okay, well, uh, so you're just looking for just general feedback, right? On on how to dial in the style. Yeah, that works. Okay, cool, great. It's always good to know. Just so what we can focus on um, the appearance. I, I think the appearance is pretty good. Is it a little too dark for the style, or uh, or is that me misreading the style? I, I mean, it's a little, you know. It's kind of dark like, straw, kind of. Yeah, yeah I'd say it's golden straw. It's, it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think it's actually it can it can range from amber to copper in color. Okay. So uh, this is actually on the lighter end for the lighter style. Side, it's kind yeah. of a it's kind of an ambery colored beer, and, and uh, the head was uh, well, it's faded away now, but it was kind of a medium low white head with fine bubbles that persisted fairly well. Kind of very very fine bubbles actually, and um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's super nice looking beer. Yeah, it's super clear too. I mean, it's almost crystal. I mean, just, it's, it's yeah, very. You can yep. see right through it, which is nice. Great. Um, what about the um, the flavor? Let's move on to that. I think the things that stick taste? out to me kind of where there's some there's some grassy notes, um, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of uh, there's certainly some phenolics to it. There's a little bit of the clove coming through on the phenolic, which is nice from mm. the, the Belgian character, the yeast. Um, but there's there's a little, and, and this is where the masters come in. But there's a little bit something funky to it. Um, I, I don't know if it's musty or. Um, you guys probably have a better definition, maybe if you're if you're getting some of what I'm getting. I think um, you know it's it's very uh, malt balanced beer, and um, there's a a fair amount of, of fruitiness in the flavor, and the aroma of the fruitiness is pretty pretty mellow, but in the flavor, it really comes out and that oranginess and um, almost kind of a a, a rind like kind of uh, um, fruit fruit characteristic but um, not unpleasant just um, kind of medium sweet from, and uh, the malt is um, there's a little kind of honey like the corn corn like aspect is not really intense it's just kind of an element of it and uh, it's pretty pretty smooth malt um, clean fermentation is apparent you know ale fermentation characteristics so you know the fruitiness is obviously there and it's it's pretty pretty substantial as it should be for the style and um, the 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 yeast character, which uh, you you know you should have some kind of a peppery pepperiness or you know very spiciness uh, spicinesses to it. Um, to it's like a me. little it's a little lacking on that front. Which for a Belgian style, I kind of want a little more of that. And for a Belgian pale ale, which um, haven't had a haven't had a classic example of it in a while. But just reading the descriptions, of, you know, from the BJCP should be um, you know uh, peppery, spicy phenols, um, uh, it kind of in the at least in the background, and you know, low low amounts. So they're, I'm not really getting a lot of peppery, and and they're very very background. But you know, it's 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 not like a beer that was fermented with an American yeast either. So I'm just kind of picking fine points there. But it's um, the yeast character is is kind of there in the background, and, and it's not very prominent. It's mostly a multi multi beer. Yeah, I'd say it's more about the malt. Um- I'm not really getting musty to Jeff's comment, but there, there's sort of this combination, this kind of orange oil flavor, a little bit of those peppery phenols, a little biscuity, toasty. I could see sort of given that kind of a flavor. It's, it's not really like a beer de garde kind of mustiness or anything like that to me. Is it um, is it oxidized? It's a little paper, um, or is it just? Or is it I, just w- me I being wasn't really out? getting that. Hmm. I wasn't really getting that. I no. kind of, I mean, I can kind of see where you're talking, like a like a musty, moldy thing. But uh, I wonder if it uh, had something to do more, maybe more with uh, a mouthfeel or like a, a, a dry astringency um, kind of. There's uh, definitely astringency, to like it. prickly on the tongue, and maybe that is working with a malt somehow to make this sort of funky. I know what you. I, I think I know what you mean. Anyway. It's sort of it's a Belgian character, but it, it, it to me it's a little bit. So it's a little bit off. Like I, I'm not, I'm not sure how to describe it, but uh, and that's where the masters come in to kind of describe those flavors to us. That they make such uh, illustrious. I would, you words. know, <laughs> once we get into the, the the process, I'd like to know what uh, what temperature was fermented at. But, yeah, uh, we'll go. We'll go. About that. Um, all right, mouthfeel. What do you think about that? It's a medium medium bodied um it's got a fairly persistent carbonation it's just kind of a medium high carbonation um is there an astringency there uh, there is that yeah 
there's there's a bit of astringency there, kind of a medium low astringency. Um, but I don't think it's out of, sta- out of out of style whack, is it? No, yeah, probably from the you know the phenolic phenolic beers can you know can give you a little astringency in the flavor. There's a lot of different things in beer that can give astringency. You know, besides just everyone and as the judge always says, you know, watch your sparge temperature. That's the classic feedback for it. But it could come from the malt. It could come from the hops. It could come from the yeast character, even the, driving some phenols up in there. So there's a lot of different things that can push phenols up, and they're not always a or that can push astringent character up and it's not always a flaw at low levels and this is not a high highly astringent beer mm. yeah it's a little bit of astringency it's 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 probably again some sort of this i think there's a lot of synergy from various diverse small amounts of things in here that will enjoy all thing the phenols um it gives a little bit of astringency a little bit of drying um the body is okay it's probably a little on the low side for the style but not by a whole lot um, had a little bit of creaminess. It's not really alcoholic. Um, carbonation levels were pretty good. Yeah, it did all right in the mouth front. Yeah, mouth yep. feel. All right, uh, um, let's let's give a little uh, virtual score to this thing. What do you, what's your overall? Hmm. Furiously writing. I um, I really enjoy the beer. Uh, you know, I, I think it it has. Um, I, I would like to see it with a little bit more carbonation. Um, which I believe is 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 appropriate for the style. Um, I I do get a kind of a tart thing, which I think Brian spoke on a, a little bit earlier. Um, but overall, I, I think it's a pretty well made beer. I'd probably throw it a thirty. I'd say thirty. Did you say a thirty? I'd say thirty. <laughs> say thirty. Well, it depends okay. on what you guys say. I have the uh, as the host. I have the. Um, the ability to change my score at okay. any time. Well, I'm, I was giving it a 30, actually, so you may need to change that. I don't know. Shit. All right. <laughs> Damn it. Um, 32. I want to be yeah, better. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty decent example of the style. Um, a little bit of that, you know, odd synergistic stuff going on. But um, to me, to really kind of get, I mean, you got to give some latitude for the style. It, it's probably a little on the slightly pale and low body side compared to a classic like the Deconic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a little lighter and drier seeming than than some of these that I that I'm remembering, but um, it's it's reasonably well balanced. It is more about the malt and the yeast than about the hops, which is you know kind of what a Belgian pale ale is supposed to be. It's not a hot beer, yeah. Like the American or the English versions of the pale ale, and it, it's fairly clean. Um, I I was getting a little acetaldehyde. Other people weren't. Um, there's a few little things. There's nothing major wrong with it. I mean, it's actually yeah. a pretty decent beer. You know, thirty is not a bad score. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm putting it now. Pretty good beer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would give it around a 33 here. It's um, you know, it's in the if you look at the scoring guide, if you have a uh, a beer score sheet in front of you from bjcep.org, um, the scoring guide at the bottom left, you know, outstanding is the top level 45 to 50, excellent 38 to 44. Then I would you know agree that this this falls in the very good category. 30 is the low end of that. I'd put it more towards the the middle range of that, which a 33 falls into, so 30 to 37 would be very good. And what that means is you can read to the right of that, generally within style parameters, some minor flaws. So it's it, it is hitting. You know, there's no no major defects jumping out at me, and it's generally within the style parameters. But it's 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 not not quite there as far as um, I think this beer could benefit from being just a little bit drier and um um. Rounding out that the malt character a little bit, and just maybe maybe drying it out just a little bit more. Do do we know what it finished at? Uh, uh, ten twelve. 
10, 12, okay. Yeah, sounds well, about that's, right. That's where it should probably fall, yeah. And the starting gravity was? Uh, uh, 10.50. Okay, you're right in the range there for, for numbers, so yeah, great job on that. And yeah, maybe it's um, I yeah. uh, my my lack of experience experiencing this style in a while. I'll, I'll defer to Lee for these Belgian styles here. He he knows, and you've been there many times, I think, too, as as has Jeff. So once, many twice. times, twice. Many, <laughs> between twice. the two of you, you've been I, there. Didn't, I, didn't, I don't remember the first time. <laughs> okay, yeah, but it's yeah. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with everything Brian says, or should we kick him off the show? Uh, no, we got to kick him off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for for me, I think uh, I'd probably go a little bit lower. I think you know, a lot of times when I look at the scale, the uh, the score sheets, and for me, I think going into the very good character category is probably a little bit too much for this one. I think it's probably good. There's some astringency that I don't really like, and I think that was some of the character I was talking about at the beginning. So I'm probably around a 28. Um, it's just right now sitting. I can now I'm licking my teeth because my my lips are sticking to my teeth. So um, I think going for another sip for me is you know is something I want to have out of that. And maybe the more a little bit of the malt character. I don't know if he over over sparge or, or what what that character is is coming through. But that's why I'd mark mm-hmm. it down a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah maybe it's, I get some of that. Yeah, maybe it's part of matter of the balance. But I, I would look for a little bit more malt character in this, a little more upfront maltiness, uh, maybe some more toasty, kind of melanoidy, Munich malt flavors, caramunich sort of stuff um, to really, really hit that style properly. It just doesn't have that much of it in the nose and the flavor compared to some of the ones that I've remembered in the past. So richness in the malt, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I would agree with that. It's yeah the malt the malt that's there is is pleasant but it's not ex- it's not extremely complex and it, it, it is kind of a little bit one dimensional um, but yeah again just smooth drinking and it's kind of kind of just comes across as a sweetness and a very malty malty beer and yeah, yeah I mean that kind of leads into the recipe right so trying to figure out where where you might be able to add a little bit more yeah exactly uh, do you have your recipe handy Andrew yep why don't you fire that off for us. Uh, base malt's uh, 11 pounds of uh, Pilsner malt. I just used the Great Western. That's what I had um, next time I do it or do a Belgian Pilsner. Um, so 11 pounds of that. Um, half pound of the Belgian caramel Vienna malt. Half pound of Belgian biscuit. And then basically to get the color, I did three ounces of a Belgian coffee malt, which, I mean, you could use another malt for color. I, I mainly used it mm. for color to get that color up because it's probably like 10 to 14 SRM is supposed to be something like that. Uh, yeah, 8 to 14. Yeah. So yeah, I've just used the Pilsner malt and small part of caramel malt and biscuit malt. It's not going to get you there, so I threw in a few ounces of this coffee malt. Okay. And then uh, what about your hops? Um, East King Golding's at 60. An ounce, uh, 5.5% alpha acid, and then um, uh, check saws at 10 minutes, uh, 3% alpha acid, and that's four-tenths of an ounce. Okay. So based on that, guys, what do you think? Uh, how could he dial this in a little bit more to style? Well, I I would just I would bump up the Caravienna Cara Munich editions. Just just put more of those in. You up up to the point where maybe you don't even need the, the darker. What was the coffee malt you said you had? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just add more of those. It'll give you the color. It'll give you the flavor. It'll give you some more body. Uh, for me, that's basically what you need to really bring this beer up the next level. So, what does that look like for him? Is that doubling what he's got, or how far would you go? At least. 
At least doubling, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to sit down and work off the math and the color and the residuals yeah. and everything. But yeah, half a pound of each. Was this a five gallon or ten gallon? Five gallon. Five gallon. Yeah, maybe doubling. It, it sounds a little low for for getting the the malt character and the flavor. I mean, it should be a, a pretty prominently malty, toasty nose to this thing, yeah. along with the yeast character. Yeah, I mean, I could throw in a couple pounds of Munich or something, sub out a couple pounds of the Pilsner malt. Probably get more of the bready toastiness you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I mean, it's not bad as it is. It's just a little lower. It's, this is one of those styles again. It, it's sometimes it's it's a little too pinned to one beer. So you know we should give you more latitude maybe than than just trying to hit that one thing. And it, yeah. it's, it's it's you know it's not bad on its own as it is. But no, not if, at all. if you want to hit that one beer and kind of go down the middle of the style here, that's some more some more of those toastier, richer malts would do it. And e- even if you stay with this sort of paler color, something maybe even some dextrin malt or something, just just to bring up the body a little bit would really help this. Yeah. So when you're in Belgium, you know, in the back of the Decon Brewery, just like you know, grab a bag of that malt and throw it in your suitcase <laughs> on the way back. Um, yeah. And bring it back, you know, take our our advice and and, uh, use use the same recipe with the adjustments we'll discuss today, and that's your assignment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, or have a better understanding of the style once I go there, because it's pretty much a shot in the dark right now. I mean, there's only a few that you can really get, at least I can get, so. Jeff, what about you, man? Yeah, no, I I think... um I, I agree. I think moving moving the malts, uh, you know, adding more of that, I think gives it kind of that richer, uh, maltier, toastier kind of character. I think that that's that's probably what this needs. If I think about kind of the range of the style, this Deconic is kind of the classic one. Um, but even if you go all the way down towards the, the Omegang River Voss, that that has a really rich mm. kind of character to it. Um, so somewhere in between those two, I think you'd be you have a really nice drink drinking beer. Great. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, I, I think you can, you know, I don't know if you can taste the coffee malt, because now that you said the word coffee, any of the darker flavors I'm kind of getting out of the beers, uh, I'm going, you, well, that's, taste, that's coffee. If you taste that coffee malt, it doesn't even taste like coffee. Yeah. It's a <laughs> it's mental, coffee. it's my brain rebelling. Um, I, I, I would mainly just say, um, you know, use uh, like a Belgian Pils malt. Yeah. You know, I know you had the, I know you had the American, but, um, you know, I, I think the base malt really kind of will help, uh, push those those um belgian flavors over you know the the the, the kind of more perfumey base malt yeah i cheaped out on it this time next time i make it or source some uh, belgian pills that's fine have a turkey leg at disneyland and it'll make up for it man <laughs> what's the official right. jp score for this beer uh the official jp score was a 30 yeah i mean even though you went up to a 33 um you deviated but I, I, I'd say a thirty. We're still, yeah. I mean, yeah. within five points, so we're good. Yeah, that's we'll average bad. out to a low thirties and our thirty. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you have any questions for these guys before uh, before we let you go and actually have fun? Yeah, thanks. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with a few things you said. I mean, just a few, like yeah. toasty and bready. Up that up and yeah. Maybe up a little more of the phenolics and stuff. I thought it was, I mean, it was fruity, but um, it was pretty subtle for Belgian character. I used the Ye three five two two, so a lot of people that don't even like Belgian beers uh, seem to like it. So it's pretty subtle on on that part. But. What, what was your fermentation temp? Uh, Sixty six. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and and for a Belgian, this style tends to be pretty restrained on some of the the funkier, you know, the phenolics and you stuff. Wanna, I mean, that's yeah. modern. The fruitiness is better, and you could probably get some of that out of those caramels. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll help add some of that too. The only other thing I'd, I'd wonder about is, you know, we're picking up some some astringency, some of us here, and yeah. you might watch, um, you know, try and keep your sparge temperature down or the pH in the right range, that sort of thing. Now check how that's going for your for your mash system. Make sure you don't. You're not getting anything out that way. Yeah, I use uh, the 5.2. Um, I don't have a pH meter, though, and, but I could always invest in one, check it out. But um, try to keep it uh, 166, 168 most of the time. So Yeah, that should do it. Cool. Right on. Well, uh, if that's it, Andrew, I really appreciate you uh, pulling off some beer for us, man. That was awesome. Yeah, no problem. And uh, if I could just give you a tip, if you like mixed drinks, the Carthay Lounge in downtown uh, um, uh, Disney California Adventure, nine fifty for Rye Manhattan. They're real good. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Sounds buddy. Good. Take it easy. All right, you too. All right, thanks. Yeah, that's good beer. Yeah, it's pretty smooth yeah. drinking. I, I, you know, for picking, nitpicking, and going. Uh, you know, talking about all the little things where it, it may fail for the style a little bit here or there. It's it's very pleasant overall, and and you know you could you could sip this beer, no problem. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll have our our second in studio guest, Rylan, with his uh, what the hell was it? Wheat wine, wheat wine. I can't wait for this one. Wheat wine. When we come back, Doctor Homebrew. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to cut Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. All right, and welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. We're just hanging out in the studio, drinking some wheat wine from our next guest, Rylan. Rylan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks, JP. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out, buddy. I appreciate it. So tell me about a wheat wine. What is that? <laughs> I'm just going to be right, just, just jump right in. What's a wheat wine? It's the beer we're drinking. Um, yeah. It's a name that my uh, buddy Mark, a different Mark uh, than was on the show, coined for it. Um, seemed appropriate enough, so we went with it. Um, it's a beer brewed in the style of uh, Hefenweizen mm-hmm. to some degree. Okay, <laughs> and that it has wheat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. How long have you been brewing? Um, about two years. Okay. 
Yeah, I think you're right in the wheelhouse of just doing a lot of experimental beers. That's I think that's per- that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were talking at the break, um, and something I should know as a BGCP judge, but I'm an idiot. Uh, there's really no category for a wheat wine. So what are you looking to get out of this? Are you looking to get uh, just a better tasting beer, uh, round some flavors, or or what do you want? To me, I w- uh, would like to get out of this uh, some, some great feedback from the panel here. Um, I don't really know what's going on in this beer, um, so I'd like to kind of be able to better quantify it um, okay. with the help of everyone here. Sure. That sounds good. And you're, you're, you include everybody, even me, and I appreciate that. That's very nice. Even JP. Even I. Even you, JP. Can you know, That's that's great. And uh, yeah, for a for a beer that defies classification, uh, this should be a good one to judge. Everyone's uh, still mulling over their beers. You mold your beer? Yeah, you know, put a little cinnamon stick, mm. a potpourri bag. I got a Ross. <clears throat> Ross is good. Tell me about this aroma, Brian. Well, I, when I first approached it, <clears throat> I got a light, uh, a light sherry-like component, which you can, you know, get from a, a, a good barley wine when it's uh, from a little bit of the oxidation in there. But uh, it's, uh, you know, good oxidation is a light sherry-like. There's not, not that much of that, and that was just kind of a little note that I hit. Um, is it hot in here? Or is it just my beer? The malt is. Yeah. That's warm beer. Yeah, it is. The malt aroma is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty smooth and light. It, it doesn't scream wheat to me, but I mean, wheat is kind of a subtle element too. So, I'm, I get kind of a, um, a minerally thing in the aroma a little bit. I don't know what if the minerals are jumping out of the beverage. There is like, or kind of a. Um, well, there's definitely a big uh, fruitiness. So it's like mm-hmm. a, a lot of orangey esters and kind of a Meyer lemon like aroma um, in there, and um, you know, the esters are pretty prominent. The alcohol aroma is there, but it, it it's um Are you getting a kind of spicy noble hop character to it? The hops are definitely yeah, it seems like a, a I I would I would characterize it as kind of a spicy hop. It's not it's not super high like a big dry hopped beer or like a smell of Lagunitas a little something something. It's like, it's not like that. It doesn't jump out at you. And uh, maybe it could benefit from more of that, but um Yeah, it's um, I'm getting maybe a little bit of kind of a vegetal-like character to it, kind of a uh, cooked vegetable, kind of uh, canned, you know, lightly uh, cabbage-like kind of thing in there. Um, not high, just a little bit of that, but um, just yeah. enough to. There's something detect. a little distracting in there. What What are you guys picking out over there? Let's get Lee to throw out some descriptors. Well, I mean, for aroma, mostly I was getting kind of, it smelled a little sweet, a little bready, got a lot of alcohol, a lot of spicy character with that, spicy alcohols. Maybe there was some hop component to that. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Maybe there was even some phenols going on. I wasn't really sure. Um, be curious to find out later what kind of yeast you use in here. I wasn't really picking up any DMS or diacetyl or any, any vegetal in the nose, although it, it's been changing a lot as this warms up in my glass. It pro- probably poured a little on the cold side. Uh, and it's just it's just changing over time a lot. Um, I was getting a little bit of maybe some hints of banana and cherry. And when Brian said Meyer lemon, it's really get, it sort of keeping in this big kind of dried lemon character to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also smelled maybe a little bit warty, like it maybe hadn't quite finished fermenting out all the way. 
not a lot, but I mean that might have been kind of that that sweetness sort of coming through as it warms up a bit. Um, I mean, is that that's kind of why it's picking up for the aroma. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I get a little bit of uh, there's some graininess. That, I mean, I think when these guys started talking about the cherry, I kind of get almost like a like a Luden's cough drop thing, a little dry cherry aspect mm. to that. Um, there's there's definitely a spicy hop character to me with kind of a noble hop character. I think that that pops out, um, and there's definitely some alcohol. You could you can you can kind of smell the alcohol coming off it. Yeah, it's like kind of a fruit fruit skin kind of thing. Like that, maybe what I'm calling minerally is kind of like that dark fruit skin kind of like it, it smells. It smells like a dried fruit a little bit, like a dried cherry kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like red grape skins that are still dusty. Yeah, <laughs> still apple dusty. skins or right. something. Yeah, apple skin. There's apple in every beer tonight. <laughs> no, no. no, there's a lot going on in the aroma for this. It's 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 it's, it's very entertaining. It yeah. does, and it does kind of change, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. it's definitely yeah. changing as it warms up and swirl it around and flatten the beer out a bit. It gets different aromas all the time. Yeah, there's definitely a blanket of aroma coming off it. It's hard. I mean, you're. It's hard not to smell a lot of things in this. Yeah, but the, the spiciness is a big component of that, and it's hard to tell if it. You know, if it is, it probably is from the alcohol and and maybe less from the hops. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. Spicy is kind of almost the main characteristic here. Spicy, yes. sort of a, a base Spice. kind of wheat malt, wheaty, wheaty bready kind of character. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the aroma, or no, the aroma, excuse me, the appearance um, is slightly cloudy, but I think that would be, you know, uh, consistent with a, a wheat wine, right? Something that's heavily weeded. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty clear. For it's moderately it. clear. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of haze in there, but it's not intense yeah. at all. You can see through it, and it's uh, it's got some highlights, kind of yellowy highlights. It's a, mm-hmm. kind of a orangey-hued uh, beer. It's a orangey light amber with a kind of moderate off-white head that, that faded pretty quickly because of the strength of the beer. So that's that's forgivable in this kind of a beer. Um, yeah. Kind of fine to middle sized bubbles and re- still ringing the glass a little bit because we're yeah. swirling the heck out of this. Yeah, we are. Swir- we're all just just like diving after the nose, and this we're swirling it like crazy. <laughs> uh, it had a very nice, a very good, bit, good size, nice, creamy looking head when it was poured, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I agree. Nice I, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a fairly pretty looking light beer. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Light in color. Uh, let's move to the flavor because I have a feeling that we're gonna have a lot to say about this one. Yeah, spicy stuff again. Yeah. Lots of spicy. Alcohols, maybe some hops, not really sure. A uh, little bit of cherry, banana kind of esters, maybe. It was very low, kind of bready wheat malt again. And yet it seemed a little bit sweet. Um, there was some hop showing here. Not so much a flavor, although a little confused about that spiciness, I guess. Um, but definitely had some bittering. Not strong, but it was it was just like a step more than just enough to balance. And I think that actually worked pretty nicely here, to have just a little touch of bittering in there. Um and I, I picked up maybe a little bit of that kind of sherry oxidation character that Brian had mentioned, and it may be a whisper of DMS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a little bit of that, too. Jeff, do you find that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I would go a little bit farther on Lee. You would say it's almost like a, it's kind of a firm bitterness to it. Um, it yeah. It's definitely, yeah. It, it's strong. Um, it's it's not sweet. Um, and then if, as you let it kind of sit, there that spiciness and the heat from the alcohol kind of sits there at the back of your throat. It's 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 a warming beer for sure. Um, but that, I mean, I call the noble hops. I'm not sure exactly where that spice is coming from, but it, it has that kind of character. It has that very spicy noble hop uh, character, a little bit of kind of clove, phenolic, uh, kind of almost like a white pepper 
going on in it. Yeah, I agree with the the kind of pep, more peppery than clove like I would say, and the spiciness and the the spiciness from the alcohol. Not necessarily higher alcohols, although sometimes higher alcohols can be described as kind of a slightly spicy. Uh, you know, if they're not too intense before they get to the kind of really crazy, you know, solventy lacquer like kind of level, they're you know if they're light, they can just be a little spicy. Uh, on the higher alcohol front, getting kind of a, a mandarin orange fruitiness here in the middle palate. You know, it's it's just kind of, uh, but balanced by the bitterness, which is again, yeah, like you guys said, it's kind of nice, kind of medium to medium high bitterness, balancing all that's going on in there. There's there's a lot to a lot to dig into in this beer. Um, I, I I thought I got kind of a minerally character in the water, but it may be um, <clears throat> again just that the spiciness and everything that's going on kind of. Distracting me with the the bitterness, with all that fruit and the spiciness, it it kind of combines to make this effect that's pretty intense and a little biting, and uh, that extends into the mouthfeel as well with you know some warmth and some some slight bitingness, some some astringency in there. Not not overly high astringency, but. Um, are we into mouthfeel yet? Are we still on flavor? Let's, let's stay on flavor for a while. Let's stay on we'll, flavor. Um, I think a, a testament to how much this is changing. When I first tried it, um, and you know, before I say the flavor I got, it, it wasn't offensive at all, which is weird. I got baked beans. Baked beans, like like Boston baked bean, like like Franks and beans kind of thing, and uh, it was it, it was good. And then now that now that it, it kind of fades away, there's less of that that kind of bean barbecue. Um, bacon kind of thing, and, and but it, it but there's a, like a savory. like a savory sweetness that's kind of happening yeah. that that I is kind of slightly reminiscent of of, of baked beans, umami glutamates, which I really enjoy, and I don't know if anybody's getting it or not. I, I can sort of see where you're coming from with that. I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't say baked beans right off the bat, but yeah, it's got some kind of. Almost starchy, almost smoky, fatty kind of flavors going on in the background here. Yeah, now that it's warmed up, you know that the, the more intense, like oh my god, this is exactly what it is. That's kind of faded, and I have to search for it a little bit. But uh, you know, when it was when it was colder, man, that's that's what I got. That was my first impression, <laughs> and I liked it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's the thing. For all we're picking out all these kind of bizarre, I can't even call most of them off flavors because you know there's not so much a style here. But it, yeah. this is a very drinkable, very nice beer. I mean, drinkable to a point. It's probably ten percent plus, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I agree. And and the, the closest thing to probably, I mean, so it's really hard to judge a beer like this in some ways because there is no style. You're kind of free form, but probably the closest way place to put this is just as a barley wine. Okay. You no, know, with wheat flavor, with wheat malt in it. All right, uh, and probably a, a lighter barley wine. Could you do like a color. like a Cat Twenty Three also? Or? Well, that's probably where you'd enter it. But yeah. I mean, approaching it as a judge, what is oh, it? I Cat Twenty Three? It's it's open space. You know, it's not even a base style per se, but a wheat wine. I just sort of call it like a barley wine. I see. Okay. But go for character that's going to have wheat character to it, and which might yeah, and maybe some more interesting ferment character. And I'm not sure why that would be. You could use you no know, clean yeast and get get something that should be clean but it just seems to come out different when there's that much wheat in there yeah i've had a few wheat wines before um and they do this this is definitely a similar tasting beer to most of those mm, okay there always tends to be this kind of spiciness there and i'm not quite sure why we'll have to quiz rylan on what he put what he did with this yeah for sure Jeff, do you have any comments on uh, flavor uh no i think I, I think i hit the flavor um 
rolling into mouthfeel, I guess. Okay, uh, yeah, move on in. You know, medium-high carbonation, um, you know, it, it's it's fuzzy, effervescent kind of in your mouth. It kind of, uh, you know, it explodes a bit as it sits on your tongue, certainly in the beginning. Um, and I had to take off my jacket because it's, it's warming. You know, it, it's... Um, you yeah. know, the bald guys can tell. Man, there's a little sweat in the top of the head. It's, yeah, it's a little definitely, bit. Uh, it's definitely a, a hot, uh, hot warming beer for sure. I agree with that. What about you guys? I wrote a bit hot warming. <laughs> <laughs> Even before, before Jeff said that, just <laughs> I didn't write anything paper. else in Mouthfeel. Just <laughs> two chairs away. He's hot on it. warming. There is a bit of astringency in there, um, but you know that's uh, probably from. Whatever's driving those kind of spicy, the, the phenolics that are driving those spicy flavors in there, I don't know. Or it could be a sparging thing. You know, it could be a little, a little oversparged, perhaps, but uh, not distractingly. So mm. uh, the body is <clears throat> pretty full, medium full, I would say, and the carbonation is is pretty firm and and uh, yeah, you know, medium high. Um, there's a very very strong amount of warmth in there. It is um, a bit hot, but not. It's warming, but a bit hot. I think that's what I meant by my comments. I was kind of frantically writing as we we're getting ready for this segment. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it's. Um, I don't know what what should a wheat wine have for for a mouthfeel. It, it sh- I would imagine it should be fallen. I, I don't. It might. Maybe it shouldn't have too much carbonation. But with everything else you have going on there, that that could be mm. um, something that would just push up the flavors a little too much and that spiciness know, the carbon dioxide is, is pulling these flavors out of the beer and depositing them on your tongue and in your uh in your nose and and uh you know the, the aromas and the flavors and it drives off a lot when you have a really strong beer there are many of them that are highly carbonated as well <laughs> right Lee, do you have anything to add to to mouthfeel do you think uh, the other guys got it uh, pretty pretty much on i mean Again, I would approach it more as a barley wine that has wheat in it, so you'd want a big, rich beer with a lot mm-hmm. of alcohol warming, not too hot, really. I mean, not like solventy, bad alcohols. Um, there's a little edge of that here, but not that much. I guess I wasn't picking yeah. up as much as the other guys. Um, you know, it had some nice creaminess to it. I wasn't getting that much astringency, but it's definitely a lot of drying, which I think is the alcohol. Um, but, you know, it's it's a body and a mouthfeel like this would be in place to be well in place for a barley wine so I, I think it's doing pretty well there yeah okay well let's move on to overall impression and uh and give it a little score here a little dr homebrew score who wants to start who wants to start the uh the savagery yes yeah well who wants to start the uh the scoring here let's make well, jeff do it he's scratching his yeah bald scratching my head on this one it, it, you know this is a uh the category 23 is kind of hard to go at um it's you know a lot of times for me it's what do I what do I really think about the beer and what what, what I want to sit here and, and, and drink it. I think it's an, it's interesting um, as as beer geeks tend to say a lot of times on beers because it's just like there's so much going on in it. Um, you know my overall impression. Um, <coughs> I, you know with the wheat for me I think a lot of times with wheat beers I, I want the high carbonation but this one kind of the high carbonation throws off a lot of. A lot of the kind of funky, spicy esters or something. Um, you know, my overall impression on it, I'm not, I'm not sure what I would change on it necessarily. Um, but, you know, it's not, you know, again, when we look at kind of the different, the scoring guidelines, I don't know that it's necessarily very good. Um, it's a good beer. I don't get a lot of crazy stuff. Um, you know, I'm probably in the neighborhood of, a, I would say, probably 26 Mm-hmm. That's probably about where I am with it. Okay. 
Lee? Well, um, I would say, you know, again, from the barley wine viewpoint, it's got the body, it's got the mouthfeel, it's got the size, you know, it's a lot of alcohol. It's, it's very, very well done on that front. Um, and while there's nowhere to shoot for stylistically by guidelines, so you're just sort of left for what you like and what you think's interesting and what other ones have you had, I think this one does pretty well. It's, as Jeff said, it's interesting. It's spicy. It's complex. You get more things as you let it warm up. It's a very entertaining beer. I could, I you know this is something I'd be completely happy to sit and drink by, you know, drink slowly by the fire at night with a book, sort of thing. It, it just doesn't stop giving more and more flavor. What's a book? A book? Yeah, uh, it's on your Kindle, right, yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. start. We may have to explain this later. It's going to take right. too much time. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and maybe there's a few little off flavors here, a little bit of DMS. Maybe it's a little bit warty under fermented, but no, those are they're not big problems in this in this beer a uh, little oxidation um i just as i said i find this so entertaining i really like it i i was i was going to give this a 35 and you know if it was lacking those those little issues it might go higher than that wow it's yeah it's a good beer i cool. like it all right brian you're up dude <clears throat> i kind of fell in the middle of these guys on it i i it had some nice things going for it and uh, the light little sherry like thing i liked it up front uh, it was there was so much going on and the, the the spiciness is just very intense and I think I don't know I'd like to know what yeast was used for it when we get into the recipe here but uh, it was um, very spicy. <clears throat> I've had barley uh, I'm sorry wheat wines that were less spicy and they were a little more clean drinking and, and smoother and easier and the sweetness kind of came out a little more so this one is balanced toward the spice this I would rather have it kind of balanced toward the the sweetness and the clean weediness that uh, that you can get from some beers that are called wheat wines. I've had only a few in my life, uh, and they've all been homebrewed. Um, the oranginess was interesting. I like the kind of mandarin orange, Meyer lemon, and, and darker fruit thing, and the, the, the cherry skins kind of thing. Um, yeah, I gave it a 29. Um, six for aroma, two for appearance, 12 for flavor, three for mouthfeel, and six for overall impression. Um yeah, for what I yeah, I think I kind of already talked about what I would do to improve it, but I would um, maybe try a different yeast strain with it and pitch a big healthy dose of it, and just make sure you're not stressing out your yeast because the yeast can kick out some funky flavors and spiciness. I think that I'm not sure where the spiciness is coming from. It might be from the wheat itself. I know that rye is a spicy um, a grain. I don't think of wheat as being as spicy but maybe at the intensity that we're at with it it could be pushing that up in combination with some other things i i'm really not sure where that's coming from so it's hard to give feedback on how to i mean dial back the spiciness it could be also fermentation temperature you know your your yeast can kick off some some phenols and different things but yeah it's it's interesting yeah very interesting i agree with the 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 spicy comment that kind of rolls into mine um i I gave it a 29. I gave it a 29. I just bumped it from 27. Um, for me, there was too much of that spice. And, and, and like you, I wish I knew where it was coming from. It could be the stressed yeast. I don't know. We'll, we will get into the, um, the recipe here in just a second. Uh, but I, I thought it was a very enjoyable beer. I thought it was, it was also entertaining beer, too. Uh, really entertaining. There was a lot going on. And um, you never really quite knew where it was coming from. And you had to work at the beer to figure it out. And uh, I think that's enjoyable for a crowd like this. Um, so that's definitely a beer geek's beer, I think. 
Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. It's, it's very drinkable too. For being fairly big, it's also fairly dry. Yeah, this stuff goes down. It's it's almost like a triple. It's right. Kind of <laughs> dangerous to how easily this will go down. Yeah, and if you like Belgian beers, that spiciness might be up your alley. I mean, if it's sure. if it's your thing, then yeah, that that could be what you're going for. And you know, spice balanced with uh, fruitiness is kind of what. If you look at it from a wheat beer perspective, too, it could be what, you know, German wheat beer is all about, the the banana balanced off the the clove. So this is a different kind of spiciness balanced off a different kind of fruitiness, but it still is in that realm, you know? So can you you get some of that spiciness out of sanitation issues, too? You you could get some, yeah, some phenols kicked off from from different, uh, um, you know, not not cleaning everything entirely well before you're... um, ferment and and when your beer is cooled down and you want want just your yeast to be fermenting it then yeah you want to you want to have the cleanliness and the sanitation uh, up you know up to the standards of a a world-class home brewer such as all of us here yeah <laughs> such I as wish. everyone in this yeah. room no i mean i would i would say that yeah you could but if the phenols as strong or the spiciness as strong as it is here was from you no know, some sort of contaminating bug causing phenols this Everything else would come with that. Would be, mm. Yeah, they would probably awful. They would be more medicinal not in nature and more band aid like, maybe in different kinds of phenols. So different yeah. kind of phenols. Uh, compared to these, these spicy ones are more pleasant than that. Yeah, we okay. wouldn't okay. be wondering if there's a bit of DMS or vegetal in there. <laughs> it would be like, get this away <laughs> from me. Yeah, this, it'd be yeah. awful. But that's a good. Much. That's a good thing to note. Uh, you know, in a lot of these beers, you know, I usually talk about homebrews on the other shows, <laughs> and uh, sanitation is usually clearly the. Uh, the issue in beers that I get, and uh, I didn't have any of that, that you know today. So it's good to know that uh, there's a good cleaning regimen out there. Uh, Rylan, why don't you go ahead and give us your recipe, man? If you wouldn't mind. No, not at all. all. Right. Um, thank you, everyone. <clears throat> well, um, this started as a for about a year and a half. <clears throat> excuse me, a year and a half. I've been making wheat beers pretty consistently, so it's pretty much the same recipe um, and. I took I, I I I took a spin on it at the very end. So um, what I ended up doing was kind of following what I read um, from How to Brew Ray Daniels, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the John, back, that's John Palmer. John Palmer. Yeah. Ray Daniels. Oh, designing great beers. Designing great yeah. beers. Then is, is the book I was referring to. Yeah. And in the back of his book, um, he has the Whiteson section and. Uh, during that year when he wrote the book, you know, what beer is one, it ended up being a, an extract recipe that did two parts uh, wheat malt to one part base malt, basically. Yeah. So that's kind of how I brew my wheat beers. That's kind of why they tend to be a little bit darker. Um, but uh, eight and a half pounds of wheat malt, uh, which is about 50% of the grist, uh, four and a half pounds Pilsner, three pounds Munich malt, one-and-a-half pounds, six-row lager malt. All right. What about your hops? Um, I used what I had available, which uh, and tried to get the most noble-like at the time. It was Glacier, so kind of like a fuggle American variety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is a five-gallon batch? This is a five-gallon mm-hmm. batch. Um, well, let's move into your yeast. I think your fermentation profile is, is pretty interesting. Yeah, so... Um, I originally started using Wine and Stefan back when I was saying I started brewing wheat beers, um, 3068. Um, I got a lot of banana out of it, and so kind of as an alternative, I tried a different yeast strain, which was 3638 Bavarian wheat. 
and uh, that's what this is. Uh, this is built up, I think, five or six generations um, of mm. a yeast layer. So I, I did about five or six, five to five and a half percent white sense before I ended up brewing this beer. And so I just I, I I was basically trying two parts with this beer uh, on experimentation. I would I wanted to see how long and what the consistency level was like with building up yeast layer generation after generation, see how far I could take it. Then I had incrementally increased the ABV while doing that, and then also um, uh, as I was talking with another home brewer who works at uh, Brewmaster uh, Marcus, he did a Bavarian. He called it a Bavarian. Or banana rama imperial wheat, and it was like a ten and a half percent super smooth beer. And he told me his mash procedure, so I replicated it in in my version, which was basically just mashing over like four hours, really, really, basically like a pilot light. Yeah. Um, starting at ninety degrees, going up to your sparge temp, one sixty five, one seventy. It's a really huh. long, slow ramp up. Huh? Wow. That is correct. Wow. All what'd grain. you get for the efficiency on this um i was i was getting up to about 90 percent, but the day i was boiling it was really cold so i kind of got and it was a work night so i actually had to call it a night and start cooling it off quickly on 100 minute boil i was probably about i don't know five and three quarters or maybe six gallons i was right around 84 percent efficiency if i would have boiled down to five two i, I might have might have gotten in the ninety percent efficiency range, but I was about eighty four percent. Wow! So when good. when on your on your boil there, what was your how much hops did you put in, and how long were you boiling it for? Um, so I have the schedule here: seventy minute, one ounce, five point one percent alpha acid for glacier, one and a half ounces. Uh, these are all whole whole petals, a uh, whole leaf. Excuse me. Uh, one and a half ounces for 35 minutes, one and a half ounces at 30 minutes, and then one ounce is at like 10 minutes. One ounce, excuse me. So how many IBUs was that? About 44, 45. Wow. Yeah. And what was the OG on this? It was 1091. Down to? 1010. Down to 1010. Wow. There's your booze. And based off of the... As I've repeated this recipe over and over again, this is the most spicy or peppery that I've ever had. So most of the time, I'm more on the banana ester side. So I would, I might attribute this pepperiness. Maybe we we want to focus more on the it being produced maybe from the alcohol. I don't, I don't know because it's it's never been this spicy in this kind of experiment that I've that I've been working on. Even with that same yeast strain. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Well, you did propagated the whole cake like five times on this. That's you could the yeast could go somewhere new doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you could got something kind of novel here. Who knows? Well, uh, you got any questions for the guys, Ryan? Um, about this beer, or you pretty much uh, got it covered? Uh, I, I I don't have it covered, but um, <laughs> where I would like to maybe follow Brian was he's saying yeah. he's tried some other wheat wines in the past. If I could kind of get a quick feel for what those other other wines were like, yeah, I guess you know when I was first tasting it, I didn't know what what you were going for. I guess you did you did kind of say something about uh, you know wheat and beer inspiration, but I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you were talking about American wheat beers or German wheat beers until you mentioned your yeast. Um, so now, to me, the yeast character and you know what I'm picking out as the spice and fruit 
is kind of uh, what's you know what's driving the flavor profile here, and it's it's a very uh, Bavarian style, although a little twisted. It's like the um, you know the spices are are clove-like in some aspects, and there's some some pepperiness in there, and, and you know some interesting spice going on. And but the and the you know more orangey than there's. I'm not getting any any banana uh but more orangey and lemony and yeah you you know your yeast could mutate a little bit over time and and uh over that many generations and and change a character based on what you're putting on it and uh you know i would i would try the same thing with uh you know maybe uh just a big starter instead and see if it you know what it compares like to this um this is obviously kind of an experiment beer and it's a cool experiment yeah but um yeah um, keep doing it and try maybe try different yeast. Try it with an American yeast sometime and see what the underlying flavor. Because you know, with the more neutral yeast, you'll you'll get the the malt uh, versus hop profile a little more cleanly, and you'll be able to determine where you're at with that and what you like about what ingredients you're using, and and maybe bump something in there. I think, um, yeah. I wonder what it would be like with a wine yeast, an actual wine yeast. Yeah, be interesting. Well, it already it already dried out to to ten ten, which is you know from that ten yeah. ninety one to ten ten is a pretty pretty big drop and a pretty dry. I'm almost surprised that it's that low on the finishing gravity because you know it does have a perception of sweetness. It's not mm-hmm. overtly sweet, but the the big fruitiness makes you feel like it's sweet. Yeah, good enough. You all set? Thank you. All right, thank you, man. Uh, we'll be back with our. Oh, ooh, I'm going to steal Jerry Springer. Our final thought of the day. Uh, Dr. Homebrew, back after this. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Don't get too excited out there, everybody. This is not that other show. This is Dr. Homebrew. And we're here to wrap up, uh, do a little wrap-up segment with a couple beers that we had. Uh, first was our Belgian Pale from our friend Andrew in the happiest place on Earth, right next door to Disneyland. Uh, what kind of tips did we have for uh, for Andrew? I know he did mention he used 5.2 from uh, Five Star, and uh, I think that, went, uh, that, that definitely can't hurt. Probably helped him more than hurt him, right? Yeah, the the water character seemed fine, and uh, yeah, to, to, you know, I didn't detect any big, uh, um, you know, restringency problems or anything like that that you would get from having your pH off in the mash. So yeah, 
cleanly brewed beer. Um, the malt character was a little lacking. I would try to use some uh, authentic ingredients, just replacing that that uh, American base malt, which is fine for a an American pale ale, but uh, for a Belgian pale ale, you want to use that nice uh, the Belgian uh, pale uh, the Belgian Pilsner malt uh, as your base. And, yeah. And um, as Lee, I I liked Lee's suggestion of you know bumping up a little bit of Munich in there or some Vienna or something to just increase that malt complexity uh, with with some of those other malts uh, and not get too crazy with it, but just you know give it a little something to chew into there. It was the malt was a little one one dimensional, but it was otherwise a clean beer and and nicely fruity. Some interesting esters in there, apricot and orange and pear, and you know it yeah. was it was a fun beer. I liked it. All right, and then this wheat wine with uh, Ryland. Uh, one thing I think we all talked about is uh, try more things. You know, experiment, experiment more. Yeah. If it, if, uh, like you were saying, Brian, if it's an experiment, keep doing it. Because yeah. it came out pretty darn good. Tweak different things and try maybe try pitching a big healthy starter of something else. Uh, different kind of, or the same yeast and then try different ones and see which one you might land on. It might be you were told something one way in a book or something else someone else did and, and that might not be what, what you like or... You know, but yeah, I think for the style barley, uh, it should be closer to a barley wine than a you know a Weizenbach or something. And and we were kind of talking about that on the break. Um, you could go Weizenbach, but then well, I'll just make a Weizenbach. Um, or you could go more barley wine like maybe increase the malt complexity on this one a little bit too, and try adding some different malts to it and see what happens when you do it. You know, just do one or two, one thing at a time, or, or maybe two if if you kind of know where you're going with it, um, and and tweak it until you like it. Yeah, I think try to find a way to isolate that hop, or sorry, the spicy character that came out in that last experiment. I think that's that's the thing. Try to do the healthy pitch. Um, you know, don't build the cake up. See if that's the thing that's that's causing uh, that spicy character to come through. Yeah. All right. All in all, I think we did a good job. I think we helped some beers out, and uh, we definitely had some beers. And I think what we're going to do is going to go blend that Weizenbach from Jeff with this uh, wheat wine from Ryland and see who can't get a DUI first. <laughs> <laughs> Ryland, thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And then uh, Andrew out there, enjoy Disneyland, dude. Enjoy it. Have that Manhattan, I swear to God, it's real good. Especially for nine fifty. Have fun at the brewery or whatever. What a value. here. Pretty good. The mouse takes care of his people. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And the cars land at night, dude, and they have dill pickled popcorn. I'm sure you're All right, everybody, this has been Dr. Homebrew. Uh, if you want to be a guest on Dr. Homebrew, like our uh, very handsome guest, Jeff and Rylan, uh, email me at jp at the and we'll get you sorted out when the next show is. Until then, take it easy, everybody. Oh.